What's going on, everybody? This is Sway, the host of the Simple Christian Podcast. Glad to have you guys here with me. I'm glad to be here with you guys. I'm glad you guys stepped in. Today's episode, I wanted to go ahead and give you guys some encouragement. Also, I thought maybe why not have some good questions on our walk with Christ. So I wanted to talk on repentance. I'm going to share two clips and uh, we will go off with those two clips. But I, I wanted to first kind of set the basis before those two clips. So the question here on repentance is, well, repentance doesn't suppose to look cute. Right? We repent. Somehow we lavish a few words. We make them look nice. We sort of flare it by saying the word Lord 40 times, something I would never get past on a college like essay. It's like, there's way too much repetition here. I get it. But you ain't got to say my name 20, 40 times in one paragraph. But I get it. I fall in the same boat as well. Repentance doesn't supposed to look cute. I want you guys to really think about that exactly. Why is it that we make repentance look so cute? It's not like the prophets made it look cute. It's not as if what King David did and repented after taking the wife of Uriah and was all like, I'm sorry, God. I shouldn't have done that. Nah, there was an actual breakout. There was an outpouring of the spirit. There was an outpouring of even the physicalness of the of the tearing. It was a break of brokenness of the heart. We lie. We break the commandments. And somehow on Sunday morning, we try and attempt to somehow reserve ourselves to somehow making our repentance cute Good-looking, appealing. Is that true repentance? I mean, I'm not here to judge anyone's repentance. Like, I'm not sure if that is true repentance. If that's not, if that's like a false repentance. All I'm saying is sometimes we must question our repentance. Were we honest about those repentance? Was it emotionally driven? Was it circumstantially driven, right? Were these things just based off of relationship? I repent because I got a new girl. Well, I mean, I'm not sure that's a good reason. It's a good start. It's not a good reason. You should repent because you want to reconciliate yourself back with the Lord. You want to say, Lord, I've messed up. Lord, I know my position. Lord, forgive me for the things I've done, but not because of some girl down the street or some dude in the third floor. We want to make sure that our repentance is genuine and that our repentance will follow suit from where we used to be to a different place, right? A different walk. When we talk about repentance, we want to make sure that we repent and there's a turning of way of what we used to do. It seems like when I would would like repent of my sin, right? When I was, well, I mean, I'm, I'm always genuine, like, but I feel like there's, there's, there's more times that I'm 
not as genuine at times about specific sins. But when I am very genuine about the sin that I hate, that I most hate, which we all hate all sin, that's when I find myself in a different type of of repentance. I, 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 do you guys hear what I'm saying? It's like I hate this sin. It, it binds me. It shackles me. It makes me distant from you, Lord. I hate it. And, and, and it gets to a point where I'm tired of it. And I think that's what happens. There's certain sins that we do not yet come to the realization of how much of a hindrance it is to our walk with Jesus. And then it gets to the point where you are sick of it and you're done. And you're like, okay, that's it. No more. And this is when repentance actually turns very ugly. It's no longer looking cute. You fall into the floor. You're on your knees. You're crying. And then you say, okay, that was true, genuine repentance. Sure, it's subjective. I get it, right? Some don't do that. I think, I think when, we're, when we're tired of certain sins that drown us, it's going to take us to get ugly, to really get us to be real. Point number one, what does it mean to repent? Simple answer, to turn away from sin. Acts chapter 3 verse 19 says, so turn away from your sins. Turn to who? Turn to God. Then your sins will be wiped away. The time will come when the Lord will make everything new. Everything new. I love the beginning. I love how everything is so systematic. You turn away from your sins, and then you turn to God. Then your sins will be wiped away. The time will come when the Lord will make everything new. Now, it's time for me to share you guys the first video. And this is going to be a one-minute clip of Mr. Billy Grams. So, let's go. Remember when you were young and your conscience was sensitive? And if you told a lie, your conscience spoke to you? But now it's become hardened and dulled. Hmm. Your heart has become hardened and dull. He's about to use the word callous, but I wanted to stop it just right there so I can give you guys five verses about a callous heart from the scripture. So we have Acts chapter 28, verse 27. It says, For this people's heart has grown callous. Has grown callous. Not that it just happened to be callous at the time, it's grown callous. Their ears are dull of hearing, their eyes they have closed, lest they shall see with their with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their heart, and would turn again, and I will heal them. Like, that's a really good bargain, right? Turn away from sin, repent, come to Christ. He will heal. I'm there. That's, that's a therapy session I would never have to worry about, never have to doubt, because uh, Christ, he's the great counselor, right? He's a great physician. Ephesians 4.19 says, Who, having become callous, gave themselves up to lust, to work all uncleanness with greediness. 
It's something that we just give ourselves to, and it progressively turns us callous. It hardens. You know, I know someone who uh, who had callus on their foot, and uh, you know he was chipping at it. Said he didn't, he didn't really feel anything, and um, you know it's a very gross situation. But when come to find out that when he did actually uh, chip at it. A little too much. There are specific nerves that run that run in the area of where the callus is formed. It almost seems like there's still a possibility where a, a callus heart can still feel. But for the most part, he didn't feel it until he had to go to the hospital and get it checked out. So the callus heart still feels and needs the great physician to allow it to feel. But without the Lord, we just remain callous. We remain hardened. We almost keep on trying to chip at it, make ourselves believe we can feel. Well, it doesn't bother me. I'm fine with it. It's okay to sin. So you start to micromanage certain sins as long as you don't feel bad about it until you have to go to the hospital, right? Until you realize, whoa, until you read the Bible and you see, you hear the words of Jesus you realize he's actually not on your team. He's like, you know, all these things you were doing, yet all these things were wrong. Lusting, wrong. Greediness, wrong. Adultery, wrong. Blaspheming, wrong. And you're like, whoa, I, 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 I didn't know, right? Because I was so callous. I was so hardened to your word, Lord. Matthew 13, 15 says, For this people's heart has grown callous. Their ears are dull of hearing. That's crazy, right? Like you become dull of hearing. Like I, I get you become dull. I guess a feel, but hearing, it's almost as someone who dislikes the things of the Lord or hates the things of the Lord. They don't even know what you're saying, let alone understand what you're saying. They don't know anything at this point. It's almost like an annoyance. The word of God to them is. They have closed their eyes, or else perhaps they might perceive with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts, and should turn again, and I would heal them. Psalm 17.10 says, They close up their callous hearts. With their mouth they speak proudly. They close up their callous hearts. With their mouth they speak proudly. It's a whole bunch of nonsense, right? Psalms 119 verse 70 is the last verse. It says, their heart is as callous as the fat, but I delight in your law. The Bible talks about us delighting in the law of God in the book of Psalms chapter 1. It says that a a man who fears the law, a a man uh, who who grows in wisdom, right, fears God. But in the beginning it says that a, a wise man, he meditates on the law of God day and night. He delights in them. Continue with uh, Billy Graham. And you know the remorse of many years of sin. Mm. You wish that you weren't chained by the habits of sin tonight. You'd like to be free, but you can't. You've tried, and it's impossible. Mm. Because you see, away from God, there's nothing but loneliness and remorse. Go ahead and continue for a while. The Bible says there's pleasure in sin for a season. You can get away with it for a while. A man told me one day, he said, I'm not afraid of going to hell. He said, there'll be a lot of other people down there. But listen, the Bible indicates 
that hell is a lonely place. Mm. You won't see anybody else there. You won't even see the devil. Turn to Christ tonight from your sins. Let him free you. Let Christ come in. Amen. Amen. Billy Graham says here, chained by the habits of sin. It's almost like every link within the grand scheme of all of these chains, it's like there's a specific sin right there. One link of lust, one link of adultery, one link of pornography, one link. And these, and these links, they don't become lighter. They, it's, they don't grow rust, right? They don't. They don't grow weaker. They only get stronger the more that you, you, you attempt to sort of break them with your humanly possible strength. Right? We know that God breaks chains. Christ breaks chains. We don't break chains. You know, we might get ourselves out of certain habits, but then we might find ourselves picking up other habits. You have a man who has achieved great success and he may have great luxury money, but then he looks at the person who's poor and says, oh, you, you know, why don't you work, right? Why don't you get a job? Why don't you save? And so now he, this, this man has a sin of self-righteousness, of boasting. And let's say you give this guy a list of things that he should work on as a person who's, I don't know, boastful. Right, He might exchange one sin of boasting to, I don't know, another sin. It's not a matter of exchanging one sin for the other. It's exterminating the sin entirely, going into the root, going into the heart of the matter. Acts 17.30 says, God commands all two people everywhere to repent. <clears throat> all people everywhere to repent. It's not a... a Yes, it is a choice. Yes, it's something we do in in the moment where we say, Lord, I repent of my sin. I turn away from this wicked, awful thing of ours. And, and so exactly how do we turn away from sin if we're not even welcoming others into rebuking us? So I'll give so as a Christian, we ought to welcome rebuke if we delve into sin. But exactly who is going to welcome that? I mean, are you? Like, are you going to welcome that? Hey, hey, brother in Christ. Hey, sister in Christ. I'm so open to you rebuking me. I mean, it's a little taboo. A little taboo, right? But it should be something we should be experiencing. I mean... I mean, we see the book of Galatians, right? Let's go into the uh, Galatians. We see a rebuke there. I believe it's Paul to Peter. Let me go into my e-sword uh, app here. But we should be willing to accept rebuke. I mean, how else do you accept? How, do, how, how else do you grow? I mean, we have what's called critical criticism. We have uh, to... With critical criticism, right? We criticize each other in a constructive way. Constructive criticism, right? So let me read here. I believe it's in Galatians. 
can't seem to find it. No worries. I'm sure I'll find it at some point. So we have to be open to people, you know, obviously telling us, hey, you know, you're using awful language. Hey, you, you shouldn't say that. These are not things that a, a believer should be saying. We should be saying wholesome, not unwholesome. Uh, we should be encouraging. We should be quoting scripture. We should be diving into scripture. We, we should be living our life as you're the only a maybe, you know, Jesus that a non-believer is going to meet. We should be living as Christ, as little Christ. Not that you are Christ, but we should be living as examples of Christ. As the Bible talks about us being Christians, being disciples of Christ. Right. So on this next on this next video, we're going to see here, it's a little little, little longer, uh, 2 minutes and 21 seconds. I promise you guys I will not be interrupting, but I might be hitting that bell when I hear something powerful from Paul Washer, and it has to do in the fight for purity. So let's go ahead and uh, dive in on this. Psalms 119.11, David says, Your word I have treasured in my heart that I may not sin against you. How can we grow in conformity to Christ? How can we sin less? One of the essential, essential things we need is here in verse 11, the word of God. Look what he says. Your word I have treasured in my heart that I may not sin against you. Now, if you're listening to this, let me ask you a question. How much time do you spend in the word of God? How much time do you spend reading the Word of God, studying the Word of God, memorizing the Word of God, meditating on the Word of God? Mm. Most people, when they hear this question, they kind of bow their head and acknowledge not enough. Some even almost not at all. This is one of the reasons why that we have so little power over sin. It's because we spend so little time in the Word of God. You know, you can't miss breakfast without starting to get hungry. Mm. You miss lunch, you're starting to feel weak. You miss lunch and supper and breakfast, you miss, you, you miss meals all day. And by the next day, you're probably even going to feel sick. Well, that is a physical illustration of a spiritual reality. You need the Word of God. Mm. Sometimes people come to me and they act like, you know, growing is this great mystery that no one can solve. How can we grow? And then I ask them this question. Well, how much time do you spend in the Word of God? And their answer is usually, it can't be that simple. Show me some trick or some key to spiritual growth. And I said, I'm trying to. You need to spend time in the Word of God. Amen. Now, look what he says again. Your word I have treasured in my heart that I may not sin against you. Now, let's change it a little. Your word I have not treasured in my heart so that I might sin against you. Mm. You see? It works both ways. Oh, man. If you're going to neglect your study of Scripture, the memorization and meditation of Scripture, then you're opening your life to less and less conformity, and to more and more sin. Oof, oof, man. More and more conformity, less and less. Um, one more sin, less and less conformity. It, it, that's, that's powerful, guys. That is powerful. And, and I know that reading the scriptures and, and finding time throughout the day and even 
even just, I guess, creating some battle rhythm where reading the Bible, especially if you have a family, right, is included. It's not easy. It's not. It's like Bible reading or Netflix. Well, can we can we watch The Chosen, right? Can I get, can I knock out two birds and one stone, right? It's like I'm out of here music. It's like, uh, it's like can we can we listen to uh, can we listen to Elevation? Can we just dodge the bullet on Shane Shane? Can we dodge the bullet on on Chris Tomlin? Like, is he still alive? Right, like it's we always want the better entertaining approach when it comes to Christianity, and unfortunately, I've noticed this, and I'm going into a close soon. I've noticed this in my walk with Christ is the easier or quickest or somehow entertaining way to understand or learn about God. It's, it's a very momentary. Uh, not effective way. Like, like, sure, you can supplicate reading your Bible with music. Sure, you can supplicate reading your Bible with Netflix. Sure, you can you can always somehow uh, supplicate or not even supplicate, but you can always um, exchange the cold, hard reading of the text with something more stimulating. But nothing never beats sitting down, opening up the Bible, and reading the Word of God, and allowing the Word of God to just pour out of the book. Nothing can beat that. And we can find multiple ways. We can go ahead and and, and ask God, why, God, why am I still living the way I am? It's like, what well, are you? You're living the way you are because you haven't truly repented. You're living the way you are because you haven't truly understood my word. You haven't truly understand who I am and who I called you to be. Because you've 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 continued to make the the God of the Bible into your image, and you don't even know enough about the God of the Bible to even conform to His image. And somehow the only conformity of God you have, or the only only understanding, is the elevation interpretation, the Hillsong interpretation. It's what the band supply you with. But but can you can you can you tell or can you show someone? The nature of God is this because he said this himself. Most would quote the, the Bible of Hillsong before they quote the, the word of God. It's like, well, th- this song on this album of this year said this about God. But, but did God say this about himself? No. It's the reason why you don't have the power to repent of your sins completely. It's because none or at least most of the information that we absorb from these songs from these videos and there's nothing wrong with them unless you, until you know make sure you're discerning them properly is we're getting secondhand i don't know secondhand sources we're not going to the primary source so we don't go to the primary source we don't allow the word of god to speak to us directly we we want the word of god to speak to us through different source i get i get it for non-believers i get it for young believers but if you are a believer who is seasoned there must be a level of obedience 
there must be or exist a level of discipleship in you to say that's it. To be discipled, I must be disciplined. And if I'm not disciplined, I'm going to live a reckless, very much changing life. So we must repent of the things that are distracting us. We must repent from the things that are pulling us left and right. And yes, if this means that as you're listening to me speak, requires you to repent of your sin and not look cute doing it, then go for it. It would mean that repentance would then have to and push you to be ugly in your repentance and say, Lord, I'm sorry about the things I've done. I'm sorry for the distractions. I've, I've been so pulled apart. I'm sorry for not including you in my day-to-day. My priorities have taken priority over the priority of you. We've chosen everything else as important but you, God. And so, what does it mean to repent? We know one thing. It's turning away from something to someone. That someone is the Lord Jesus Christ. And when you are truly repentant, it's not to say you're perfect. As long as you're in this vessel of sin... You won't ever be perfect. That does not take away from the work of Christ and which he does in us and which the Holy Spirit does in us called sanctification. And every day, you know, we're sanctified. Every day we allow God to use us as vessels. And it's a beautiful thing that we can't even be used by him to spread the good news of the gospel, to live holy lives. If you guys enjoyed this episode, I would honestly appreciate it for you guys to go ahead and just give me a rating on Apple iTunes. Uh, You know, write your feelings, your comments on the comment section below. I would love to go ahead and just take some time, read what you guys thought about today's episode. Make sure you mention it. Episode this, that, and the third. Share it uh, with one of your buddies or one of your sisters. And uh, I hope it was encouraging. Uh, I really do. So I'll leave you guys with that. So may the grace of God and the peace of the Holy Spirit guide you guys into all blessings. Until next time, deuce.